Hey, I'm Spencer Powell and welcome to Remodeler Stories, where we highlight remodelers. Every remodeler has a unique story and journey and we can all learn from each other. Stay tuned for a mix of inspiration, tactical tips, unique strategies, and some laughter. The remodeling business is tough, but rewarding, and we're all in this together. Let's kick this thing off. Before we get into today's show, let's talk about our show sponsor, Remodeler Growth Community. Remodeler Growth Community is a peer-to-peer networking group exclusively for remodelers. For a low monthly fee, you get access to some of the best minds in the industry, life-changing business strategies, and the ability to connect and learn from people who've walked the path you walk. Go to remodelercommunity.com to enroll today. 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back, so there's absolutely no risk to you. Go to remodelercommunity.com to enroll today. Today, I sit down with Jordan Robertson of Buck Robertson Contracting. He is a journeyman carpenter from a fourth-generation Nanaimo family, and his great-grandpa, Old Buck, opened the first vocational school in Canada for fixing chainsaws. His grandpa, Harold Buck, owned a logging truck company that served Nanaimo and the surrounding area, and later in life owned a Texaco garage gas station in downtown Nanaimo. Jordan has always been interested in woodwork and took a woodworking class in high school and then ended up at VIU to take his carpentry course to become a journeyman carpenter. He and his brother Dallas have a strong bond that many people have wished that they have, and it makes them great partners at Buck Robertson Contracting. They feed off one another, making sure they both strive for excellence. Now for the conversation with Jordan Robertson. Hey, Jordan, glad to have you with me today. Thank you. So let's dive into it. Why don't you just give everyone kind of an overview? Where are you located? What's the business look like today? And uh, what are you guys up to? So we're up in Canada on Vancouver Island in BC. We are a home building company. We're working towards trying to do more energy efficient homes. And it's been a bit of a journey trying to figure out how we're going to get there and trying different stuff with every project. But yeah, I love learning as much as I can. So that's pretty well been the the biggest part of my journey so far. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So, so did you start the business or how did it all begin? So I started the business. It was a sole proprietor. So I did that for about two years and then my brother joined us and we, we incorporated. And so now we've been in business for, I think, seven years. My brother's kind of like a ghost partner, I guess is the best way to explain it. He works away in a mine in uh, Saskatchewan, and I pretty well do the day-to-day stuff. What caused you to, to start the company? Have you always been in construction? or uh, what? Yeah, so I've been <laughs> yeah. in construction for since I've been 17, I guess. So I did uh, glazing. I did a little bit of roofing, cabinet shop. What else did I do? And then I'm a journeyman carpenter. Okay. Wait, in, in Canada, we have a, a trade program that you go through. Uh, four-year program and each year. So the first year I did a pre-app course is what they call it. So you go to school for six months and you you learn the very basics of construction. The end goal is that at the end, you build that for the community pretty well. It's it's through a contractor of, of sorts, but they usually are like giving it to a, a family that needs, needs something. It's almost like a Habitat Humanity kind of situation, but sure. I think they still end up selling that product. Gotcha. Yeah. That's yeah cool. Just at a better, cheaper rate, I guess. Yeah. 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 Well, right on. Yeah. So I guess as you like got going those first couple of years, what do you feel like were like the biggest hurdles to just like getting going? Going from 
thinking like a carpenter to trying to understand business. I didn't have a mentor. So there was a lot of hurdles of like learning, you know, getting better at people skills, getting better at how systems work or any sort of like, like for the longest time, I didn't use QuickBooks. I didn't use co-construct. My first attempt at it, I tried Builder Trend and Sage. Both of those were way too complicated and I dropped and didn't have the focus at that time to like put the hours into really dive into it. That was a big turning point for me when I was able to start putting some technology into place to help me with that stuff and being able to have the time to learn it. Because yeah, there's just a lot of, you know, when you got all these receipts and paper and you're trying to organize it that way, it's just like right now I'm dealing with QuickBooks and trying to deal with some issues. And it's been tricky trying to, since co-construct is so reliant on it and not having that support from QuickBooks has been quite tricky. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I think the the transition, yeah, just from like craftsmen to business owners, like it's very common, but it is a big leap. You know, there's a lot of skills that, you know, aren't learned probably in the the trade school, like learning about, you know, the craft. And then when yeah, you're like actually sure. running your business, it's a little different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh I felt like there's something that I try and explain to people when they work with me is, you know, when you have somebody on the phone and you're always thinking about how they're not working or they're, you know, you're when you're the person doing all the work and you're looking at your boss and he's on the phone all the time and you're going like, are you going to do anything? But really he's trying to set up the next step or the next two steps or three steps or making sure the materials here or what have you. But when you're doing the work and often when I was working with these other trades people, I wasn't always on a big team. Most of my work was with me and another guy. And so when you feel like you're trying to get a job done and somebody's on the phone, you don't understand all these extra parts too that have to go into it. Yeah, that I like that insight of like, yeah, planning two, three, four, or five steps ahead. And yeah, when you're when you're in it, you're just doing it. And then it's like when you have to control or uh, keep track of all the parts, you gotta gotta think a little bit further out. So. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. What do you think's been like the most fun part of, you know, running your own own company. Building brand. You know, I've been really excited about doing YouTube. I've been excited about now starting to do these more energy efficient homes and having to understand the more like how complex a house is and and how much more effort you can put in if you want to. I think that that's really important that you're always trying to get better. Going into business or or starting to learn this, it was like that's the next step for me to feel like I'm continuing to level up is how I would say it. You know, you're yeah. always like, okay, what's this next thing that's going to make me feel inspired to get up in the morning and want to do this better instead of just like going to work and it just being this like ongoing drag of repetitive action. Yeah. Yeah. When you're running your own own thing, there's always, there isn't a shortage of like new stuff or definitely not. I would agree with that. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. What do you think draws you to like the brand? You mentioned brand and YouTube. Like what what gets you excited about that? I like to be able to share our journey. I feel like that's a good place to be able to let your customers understand a little bit more about like how you actually work through issues or what's really important to you. Because you know, you can you can have this elevator pitch and you can say whatever, but if if somebody is actually interested in you and goes through maybe even two. Maybe they do a whole series of videos. By the end of it, they're going to have a pretty good idea of 
how you're going to approach an issue and how what's going to be important and, and even kind of questions that they could even ask you and kind of know that, you know, the lipstick on a pig is, is not, this isn't the guy because he says that you got to do it right or you just don't do it at all. You know, yeah. so when somebody calls you, they're not thinking, okay, well, hopefully this guy is just going to get this done for me and, and I can put this place up for rent and next month. It's like, there's a process. We got to go through it. We got to think about this. We got to put the pieces of the puzzle together. It's not like, okay, let's go to Home Depot, grab the shittiest floor we got here and, and install it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's great. Yeah. For everybody listening, you can't see this, but you've got your, like your logo, I guess, or emblem, you know, for your company on the screen, it looks very unique and you mentioned brand. So I'm kind of curious, like, is there a story behind how that was created or like there's certain parts of it mean anything? Yes. Like be a little descriptive too, for anyone that's listening. And if you're not watching the video, you can go, go check it out too. So it's the Robertson family crest, which we weren't sure when I was reading up about copyright and stuff like that, you had to change it to a certain degree when it so it wasn't copyright. So we ended up redrawing pretty well the whole thing with kind of some ideas from other images. And so my company is Buck Robertson Contracting. And the Buck is my mom's maiden name. And my grandpa put me and my brother through trade school. And we wanted to kind of carry on his family name because he only had daughters. So we want to be able to do that. And that was a, that was great. And then Robertson's my, my last name. Right on. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. I've, it feels like some, some logos just kind of get created as just like, Hey, this looks good or feels good or, you know, but, but I know some have a lot of meaning behind them. So yeah. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. Hey guys, I know that if you listen to Builder Funnel Radio, you are hyper aware of the fact that the way people shop and buy, it's changed dramatically over the years. And for the last 10 years, really since I started doing all this, helping my uncle's remodeling division scale up from about 2 million to 10 million, We've been helping remodelers and builders and contractors all over the country really refine their marketing systems. And I recently decided to kind of bottle all of that up into my first book. And that book is called The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. And you can pick up a copy by going to the website, remodelermarketingblueprint.com. You can also search for it on Amazon or wherever books are sold online. But I highly recommend you go over to the website because we've got some cool book bonuses that go along with that if you pick up a few extra copies for your friends and colleagues or your teammates. So it would mean a lot to me if you've been listening to this podcast for a while or even just a few episodes, if you've ever gotten any value out of it, head over to remodelermarketingblueprint.com and snag your copy today. All right, let's get back to the show. Have you had any like, I don't know, just like super interesting projects or like wacky client stories in your journey so far? I have a fair amount of wacky client stories. Some are worth would be willing to share and some not. But I was already thinking about this question. I, I knew it was going to come up. So I was trying to decide which maybe would be the one. But I think it was, I was working on this house and the person was asking me to do some work and they looked at me and they said, don't you do anything for free? <laughs> and I kind of, it was the husband and the wife and they're talking and I kind of just look at the wife, look back at the husband and just keep talking. Like just, <laughs> just ghosted her completely. Like what well, I, I couldn't even believe that was a question. It's like, I'm not here to hang out. I don't, 
Like, (laughs) you know, we're not friends, but yeah. So that was the one that I'm willing to share. That's pretty funny. Yeah. I don't know how I would have reacted in that moment, but uh, (laughs) yeah. Well, yeah, I I didn't know what to say. And I just was just like, without being rude, I kind of just wanted to just continue on with the conversation. And it maybe it came off a little bit rude, but yeah, I'm not there to do anything for free for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you did hire me to do this for you. So yeah. Yeah. And it was like, and it was one of those, you know, those clients where it's like, every time you go there, you they want to add a little bit more and add a little bit more. And it was right when I started out. So, you know, looking back on it, I, I did the project for free, but that comes with experience and, and learning, you know, that when you get to the end of the year and there's nothing in the coffers that you got to do something different. And that's, that's been a fair amount of my journey. Yeah. But now we're, we're doing not bad. Good, good. Yeah. And this, I, I hear people talk about that as like getting your real world MBA or something like that. It's like, yeah. Hey, you're paying for on the job experience. You make mistakes, but then like, those are super applicable to moving forward. You know, it's like, yeah. you can, you can read all about something, but until you like go through it and make the mistake, you're like, okay, I'm never doing that again. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's usually it's money well spent. You wish you hadn't had to spend it, but uh, it usually pays off long-term. <laughs> yeah. And you know, like after you start to meet more people and you start to kind of like, you know, they talk about building this archetype of character that is like, it would be the person that you want to work for. and and I find that it's now it's like, I'm only taking a job. If I, the person, if we get along and we understand each other, I don't even care about what the project is. Like if we get along, that's most important. The rest yeah. of it, like the work, it's like, sure. That's that. Yeah. I, if I don't get along with somebody, it's like, it's just a no go or they yeah. don't get what I'm trying to get across. <laughs> or they don't yeah, I, actually i have i have one other story to share about uh, yeah let's do it when you're so i'm at this house and we're looking out into the backyard and we're looking through a kitchen window and the lady she's looking out there and she's like how am i gonna see this post that's on the deck it's a two posts gable end she's like am i gonna see this post i'm like depends on where you're standing in the kitchen she's like but am i gonna see the post and i was just like i don't I'm not sure what to say, but yes, there will be a post out there. <laughs> it's just like, oh man. And was that a deal breaker for her? <laughs> uh, that that was a deal breaker for me. Yeah. That was that was our last meeting. Good. Probably a wise decision there. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think that's a you know uh, a pretty good lead qualifier, honestly. I think I heard somebody else kind of say that have like a no jerk policy, but I feel like this kind of extends on that. It's like, sure, no jerks, but then also like, they're just some weird questions or some of the like, you're just not jiving. It's like, this is just going to be months and months and months of this. So let's uh, let's just pass. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you know what? That's the thing. It's like, not every person are you going to get along with? And that's totally fine. And if you miss a project that maybe is like a big dollar value or a good picture, but the whole time you you lost hair and you're going gray and you're just like, this is not worth it at all. It doesn't matter how much money it is. Yeah. Because totally the stress agree. is the stress <laughs> is just, yeah, that's what's gonna kill you. Yeah, life's too short. Yeah. Well, what what does the next uh like three to five years look like for you? Where do you where are you taking the company? What do you want it to be like? So right now we're doing like probably three to five, yeah, probably about five projects a year, I would say. We are trying to I'm trying to get further and further away from renovations and get 
more to just build. We're doing our first spec house, which I hope goes well. And then the next five years, I hope that I can take the opportunity to bring another apprentice through his entire apprenticeship. I actually have that conversation with lots of the trades guys that I work with because they they go through these times where they say, well, I'm not, I don't even want to bring, I'm not bringing anybody to work because everybody's, it's just too ridiculous to bring anybody in. You're, you're almost going backwards. So I have this conversation with them where it's like, yeah, but then who's going to, you know, frame your deck? Who's going to fix your toilet? You know, if we're not given the opportunity to these younger people to have that opportunity to move through the trades or move like the patients for them, it's going to be a tough go. And yeah. we're not getting, you know, we're losing a bunch of the older guys and there's not very many more people going into the trades. And I definitely don't know the fix for it, but we have to make the opportunity to give uh, younger guys yeah, the ability to make mistakes, I guess. But it's hard to find somebody that you want to put the effort into. And I, I get it. I went from a team of six down to myself. And I said, I'm just going to pick up work. And if I need guys, I'll bring them on. And so now I'm feeling more confident in my business and feel like, okay, maybe I need to give back to, to somebody and find that right person that I can do that with. Yeah, that's super cool. Because I do. I feel like it just comes up more and more. Like We got to be able to figure out the solution to this problem because there's so many people retiring off the back end and not not nearly enough coming in, you know, young people coming in and learning the trades and learning the craft. Some of it will probably get automated or technology will help, but it won't it won't close the gap all the way. So, yeah, I think offering those opportunities and and kind of showing them the the pathway all the way, right? Like, hey, you can start here, but there's like a real career ladder, and I think that's probably what what we'll need to appeal to because a lot of people are just we're just training them go go get a four-year degree go get a master's try to go get a tech job and everything's yeah. fine but it's like well that's not for everybody right like so yeah, for uh, sure. yeah i think that's great that you're you're doing that and working on that they're trying out a new kind of apprenticeship format because right now you kind of the apprentice is going out and they're going to go they go and find their own job but there's another company now that's trying to you go to this company for your apprenticeship and then they keep kind of sourcing you out for work and then through that they're trying to actually kind of you at different job scopes i guess so like a little bit of renovation and then you're doing a little bit of commercial and then you're doing some framing residentially and so then you're getting a way better well-rounded carpenter because lots of the time you know you could be working for a forming company your entire apprenticeship and then you come out and you know somebody asks you to put a piece of baseboard on, and you got a three-inch spike out. You have to have that the well-rounded problem solver. I guess is the best way to put it. Because if you've been doing the same thing, yeah, you're good at problem solving that one thing. But you know, how are you supposed to be able to fix something that's rotten or broken or whatever if you if you've only done that particular narrow trade skill? Yeah. Yeah. No, good point. And yeah. Any other like big challenges that you see the industry facing aside from just getting more young people into the industry? I think, I think that that's pretty high. I think it's also the employer though, because you have to understand that these people need a chance. like, And it's a conundrum though. 
<laughs> trying to find that person that you want to put the effort into, but they also have to be able to make mistakes. So I don't know. I don't, yeah. yeah. There's not an easy answer. Yeah. Well, I agree. Yeah, for sure. Well, Hey, as we wrap, if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice or some words of wisdom, what would you pass along? I don't know if I have an answer for that. Words of wisdom? No, I don't have words of wisdom to give. <laughs> no, no, nothing you uh, nothing you learned the hard way that you'd say, hey, don't do this if you can avoid it or anything like that. Uh, I guess it would go back to make, making sure that you and your, your client understand what the goal is of the project. Make sure that everybody, that communication is key. And that if there's something that you don't like, let's talk about it. Let's not wait or let it fester. Or I know that hard conversations for different people are, are approached differently, but faster you get it out of there, the better it goes. Yeah. Yeah. See, you had great advice. That was a good <laughs> one to end on. But yeah, Jordan, I really appreciate you sharing your yeah. story and your time with me today. Yeah. Thank you very much. That was great. I hope you have a great day. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in to Remodeler Stories. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every month we pick a winner and send out a free copy of my book, The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. Just leave a review over on iTunes to enter to win. See you next time.